Let's pray together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, as we're in this season of Lent, as you have gathered here today to worship you and to give praise to your name, I pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence will be in our midst. I pray, God, that we will worship you in spirit and in truth, and God, that we will not be distracted from all the distractions of this world, from the distractions from our personal lives, from everything that's happening around us. But Lord, let us look to you, God, at this time to give you true worship, to give you all of ourselves, and to give you our best. Lord, let your name be glorified at this moment. Lord, take all the glory for yourself, O oh God. And I pray, God, that as you transition to your message, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Lord, let us honor you today. Lord, let your name be glorified once again. We give all praise to you. Lord, let the words soak up in our hearts and let it take deep root in our hearts, O oh God. So that we may not just hear your word, but we'll be doers of your word to put your words into action and to live this one life that you have given us to live faithfully with everything that we have. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Okay, so happy land season, everyone. Uh, I know that this is new. Uh, hello to the priest team and hello to the rest of our family at home, members at home. I pray that you are all doing well. We love you and we miss you all. Now, before we begin, let's just go ahead and recap a little bit from our previous two weeks of Lent series. So the first week, the title was called, I Am Thirsty Lord. And the reference of that passage was John chapter 4, verse 3 to 26, which spoke about the story of the Samaritan woman. And then the second week, we touched upon the title which called, was called Touch My Life, Lord. And the reference was Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. It's about the story of the leper. And on the third week, we spoke on when God calls us that storms are to expect it. And the title was called Pursue Me, Lord. And later they encountered a demon-possessed man that Jesus pursued by going to the other side. And the reference passage for that was Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, and Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 20. And today marks the fourth week of Lent. And the title is called, I Need to Touch You, Lord. I Need to Touch You, Lord. And the reference for today's passage, for today's message, is Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34. And each week during our Lent series, there's been an ongoing theme. And this theme is about the resurrection, the, the Jesus rescuing us from our dark places. And my prayer this week as I was preparing this message, leading up, leading up to Good Friday and to Easter in a few weeks, it challenged me to go even deeper than the previous weeks in a deeper manner. And the question is, have you ever been so desperate have you ever been so desperate that you would do anything to just get one glimpse and touch from God? One glimpse 
And the title is called, I Need to Touch You, Lord. Just one touch, Lord. Right now with this pandemic, with COVID-19, I believe that this is a timely message for all of us during the season of our 2020 Lent. Especially with all that's happening to us and around us, the CDC is recommending now that you keep at least six feet of space between you and other people. Many of the common areas do not, follow, do not allow this. However, as such, it's recommended that if you are using the elevator, lobby, stairways, or hallways, please strive to take turns with your neighbors to minimize close contact. Especially with businesses all shut, they're all closed during the season. With work, people having to work at home, people being isolated, people being separated. Especially when you're walking, you stay over there and stay over here. I believe that this is a timely message for all of us and to be reminded during the season of our 2020 Lent. So let's begin with our main passage found in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 34. Let us begin. In verse 21 it says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around them while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed around them, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, the scripture tells us that she grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? Yet Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, 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 your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I need to touch you, Lord. In other words, she was saying, if I touch his clothes, if I touch the edge of his cloak, I will be healed. And this is what this nameless woman told herself. She is known as a bleeding woman for how long? 12 years. Of no significance, no name. She doesn't have a name. With hemorrhage, menstrual disorder, uterine disorder. And I won't even pretend to understand as a male. But she travels almost 30 miles filled with nothing but desperation and faith. That's like equivalent to walking from here to Queens, New York, or Staten Island, New York. 
It would take about a half a day, 12 hours to find Jesus. She went all the way in that direction to find Jesus. And that's a huge if. No cell phone, no GPS, no lights. That's if she even finds and meets this fellow named Jesus. She could not have found him by chance. It had to be a God-ordained appointment. And for her, desperate times call for desperate measures. Extreme diseases call for extreme methods of cure. Few facts about her disease. A, according to the Mosaic law, women who bled were considered ceremonially unclean. Letter B, they were not allowed to touch anyone due to their uncleanliness, let alone Jesus, the Son of God. To give you reference in the Old Testament, in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25 to 27, it says that when a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time, other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean. As long as she has the discharge, just as in the days of her period, any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean. As is her bed during a monthly period, and anything she sits on will be unclean, as during her period. Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean till evening. And again, the reference is Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25 to 27. But desperate people do desperate things. This woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she was desperate. She was desperate for a touch, the touch of God, for a touch of a miracle, for healing. And this desperate woman, she receives healing from what was impossible to heal during this time. For 12 long years, she bled from her body, making her physically weak, sick, and socially isolated from society. So I have three points for us today. Number one is you will be sick. Please turn to your neighbor and say, you will be sick. You will be sick. In this lifetime, our bodies will break down, and that's the sad reality. We may be strong today. We'll be strong today, but tomorrow is another story. And it is not if sickness and suffering come. It is when? It is a matter of time. This physical body, you feel the effects of age, the sickness that we are finite beings. We see great athletes who get injured simply by age, simply by getting older. Their bodies start to break down. We spend all our days to make ourselves strong, healthy, wrinkle-free. People obsessed with health, and that's good. Kudos to us. But people say health is our greatest wealth. It is true and you lose your health, or your accumulated wealth is for nothing. Health is our greatest wealth. And we understand that without health, we cannot enjoy anything. In an article in Habin Provincial Hospital in China, a cancer patient carrying a bag full of money asked a doctor to save her life. And she, has, she had plenty of money to pay him. But the doctor said he cannot do anything as our cancer is in the final stage. 
It says in the article that she was so angry and frustrated that she threw the money across the hospital's entire corridor, shouting, what's the use having the money? Money cannot buy health. Money cannot buy time. Money cannot buy life. And the truth is, the physicians of her time could not heal her from her disease, from her suffering. And here's another truth. The physicians in our time no matter how advanced we are in our medicine, in our technology, that even in the present, even for us, we're not, we will not always get the right answers. We will not, the doctors will not have the answers for us. And that is a sad reality. Sometimes we have to accept our sickness. And we have to accept the fact that we are finite beings, that we are here today and gone tomorrow, which is the season of Lent that we're in, which began with Ash Wednesday, for dust to dust, ashes to ashes, to dust to dust. Reminder that we are dust from birth and the dust we will leave. And that is the truth. The scripture tells us in verse 26 that she spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. The exact words in verse 26 says she has suffered a great deal under the care of how many? Many, many doctors and spent all she had, all she had, just like the story, the article that I just read. Yet instead of getting better, the scripture tells us that she grew worse. So again, point number one, you will be sick. I will be sick. Number two, you may not get better. You may not get better. That's the reality of life. There are some sicknesses we will get better from. There are some sicknesses that we just need to accept. Accept the fact that we are finite beings. To number our days, to be grateful for the present, the day that I have, the fact that I was born today, the fact that I am alive today, the fact that I am healthy today. Enjoying the present with the people that we love. Enjoying this greatest gift called present that God has given us today. I may not get better. There are diseases and sickness in this life where we may not get better from. That's the sad reality. Some of us have been there. Medical condition, a prolonged sickness and illness, a shocking news that we hear from our doctors, only to return with no answers except for an expensive bill with little to no hope. But here is our greatest hope as Christians. Which leading into our last point, point number three. But praise God, praise God. And point number three is this. That spiritually you will be saved. That spiritually I am saved. Spiritually I will be saved. It's not maybe. It's not maybe if, if I do this. But spiritually I will. It's, it's a guarantee. It's a seal that has been made. A promise that has been given by God, by Jesus Christ himself that spiritually I will be saved. In this life, I may suffer with diseases and sicknesses. I may realize I'm a finite individual, but I know that spiritually, eternity, I'll be with God in heaven with him. Spiritually, you will be saved. That's why in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one 
who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It says in Matthew 6, 19 to 20, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And that's all we do as human beings. That's all we try to do. We accumulate wealth and we cannot take our, 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 our material things, our accumulated things. We cannot take it as a, in a U-Haul truck with us to heaven. When we die, everything ends. Naked we are born and naked we will leave this earth. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where? Where? In the place that cannot be seen. In the place that we go in faith. Treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now our treasure is in heaven. Our treasure is not here on earth where it's temporary. You know, my all-time favorite song, um, what's the title again? Only Jesus. I even joked, and some of you got kind of upset. I'm like, why would you say this? And I would joke and say, I requested this song to be my funeral song, and I really do. I feel that this is my song. Literally, I want to give my all. And in this song, in verse 1 and verse 2, let me just go ahead and read. It says, God's amazing grace is the only thing I need. Every breath I take I know belongs to him. Even when there is no peace and comfort from the world, Jesus, he is everything I need. Verse 2 says, God's amazing grace is the only thing I need. Now I leave my everything unto the Lord. He gives me a peace and a comfort that is true. Jesus, he is everything I need. So if the praise team, if we could all sing together, because I don't have the best voice, but can we just sing verse 1 and verse 2 real quick? If maybe one of you can lead, and I'll follow along. God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace is the only thing I need. Amen. Every breath. Every breath I take, I know belongs to Him. Even when there's no peace and comfort from the world, Jesus, He is everything I need. Do verse 2. God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace is the only thing I need. Yes. Now I leave my everything unto the Lord. He gives me a peace and a comfort that is true. Jesus is everything I need. Amen. Even when there's no peace and comfort from the world, Jesus, he is everything I need. And now I leave my everything unto the Lord. When I take my final breath, I leave my everything unto the Lord. All my accomplishments, all my titles, all the things that I've done behind the scenes, everything, all my sins, all my shame, all my guilt, I leave everything, all the blessings that he has given me, all the people that I love and I care about, I leave my everything unto the Lord. He gives me a peace and a comfort that is true. And this peace can only be found in Jesus. 
Jesus, you are everything I need. Spiritual salvation is everything. Is everything. Is my everything. Is your everything. The true miracle here is this. Is her unyielding blind faith. This nameless woman. It, it wasn't a miracle that she was healed. But it was her unyielding blind faith that she had on this individual named Jesus Christ. That her faith remained healthy even though her body was unhealthy. Her faith remained healthy and true before God. Her faith to believe that she can be well again. How many of us can say that we have, that I have this kind of faith? Jesus was our only hope. Only Jesus. She was ashamed by her peers, by strangers, by people around her. But yet she was so determined and found hope. And isn't this what most of us want in life? Hope. Hope in our hopeless situation. A chance when a chance has been taken away from us. When no one else will give us a chance. They put a mark on us that we're no good. That we are a failure. We fell once, we fell twice, we fell three times. And they will surely fail again. And there was literally no one else that that could heal this woman, that could touch this woman. The scripture again tells us that she hired many doctors. She spent all that she had. And there was no one that could help her in her situation. There was no other method. There was no other method. She spent all that she had, everything that she had. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, the scripture tells us that she grew worse. And what she was saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She had that faith, that courage to step in. And immediately, it says her bleeding stopped. Immediately. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering, from her suffering. There's no other method, no other way. And how do we become saved? The scripture is very clear. In Acts chapter 16, verse 31, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. In John chapter 14, verse 6, it tells us that Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. Talk about himself. And this woman, her life is forever changed. And I'm closing with this. And I want you to imagine the scene. Imagine the scene. As we're sitting in our seats at home, in our places, in our respective homes. I want you to just visualize and imagine the story playing out. Imagine the scene. She traveled 12 hours in a journey. She spent all that she had, 12 long years of her suffering. She finally finds him, him, who is him. His name is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. She finally finds him. If that was me, after a 30-mile journey, after a 12-hour walk journey, Yes, I too would have jumped right in front of Jesus. What do I have got to lose? What do I have got to lose? I have lost my everything anyway. 
I've lost all my money, all my belongings. I sought out all the doctors, all the help that I can find in this world. I've done it all. I've tried my best, and here I am. What do I got to lose anyway? But to step in in faith, I too would have jumped right in front of Jesus. Verse 25 to 32 tells us that, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She has suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse and worse and worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Not maybe, not sometime later. Immediately, it tells us in verse 29. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Imagine that, being free from her suffering, from a hopeless situation. This ties in with every individual story that we've been going over. The Samaritan woman, I am thirsty, Lord. The leper, the leper who? Socially outcast, not accepted, isolated, marginalized. This ties in with touch my life, Lord. This ties in with the demon-possessed man where Jesus goes to the other side in Mark chapter 5. He encounters a demon-possessed man. Such strong demons named Legion, for they are many. Jesus goes and pursues this individual for this one individual. This ties in with today's message. I need to touch you, Lord. I need to touch you, Lord. I need to touch you, Lord. We see a theme here where Jesus goes to the places where nobody wants to go. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she fell in her body that she was free from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? We, tie, we went over a little bit about when Jesus asked questions. That when he asked questions, when God is asking us the question, he's not asking because he doesn't know. He already knows. He wanted to acknowledge and affirm and love this woman. That's what Jesus said, who touched my clothes. But here, the disciples are confused. They're kind of wise here, right? They're like, you see the people crowding against you, Jesus, his disciples answered. If I was Jesus, I would have been like, <laughs> destroy all of them. Oh, really? And then they say, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Jesus, he's amazing, right? he's a man. <laughs> he ignores them. He kept looking around to see who had done it. But he already knows. He's just looking around because he wants to affirm this woman. He wants to bring her back to society. Jesus here is not asking who touched my clothes because he does not know. 
He knows when God asks us a question, He is giving us a chance to repent and to come forward truthfully before Him, to turn back to Him. He asks not because He does not know, for He knows, for it is for our sake to, to search within our hearts to repent and to turn from our evil ways. God is not asking because He does not know. He's given us the opportunity to repent. And God, is, God asks a series of questions to get to the reality of what's going on, truly what's going on inside your heart, our hearts. That's why in Genesis chapter 3, when God calls man, Adam, where are you? Or when God says, what is this that you have done? Or when God says in chapter 4, why are you angry? Talking to Cain. Why is your face so downcast? If you do what is right, God tells Cain, will you not be accepted as your brother Abel was? Will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Jesus asks, who do people say I am, Peter? Or why are you sitting there? Do you want to be healed? How much her heart at that moment was pounding, 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 pounding. I've just been healed. Immediately I've been healed. Jesus looking around, looking for the one who touched him. She has just stolen a miracle for herself. How exhilarating and scary that moment was for her. Because there's two ways that this would have played out. Two ways. Letter A. She would have been punished by law. She would have have been stoned. But in Jesus Christ, the law does not bind and chain us anymore. Let her be. Or she would have received grace. And grace was what she received. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. Verse 32, Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. The disciples saying, don't you see the crowd leaning against you, Jesus? Jesus, you're being so crazy right now. People are, everyone's touching you. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Looking, looking for the one who has faith to touch, to take the risk. To take the risk of risking it all. There comes a point in life where we must be willing to risk everything. You must be willing to risk everything. Risk everything for he is your everything. Risking everything equals public humiliation. In her mind, she didn't know whether she would be punished. Punishment to make the confession of faith before this huge crowd. Again, there's a crowd following Jesus. And she had to take a step of faith and confess in faith that she had been healed. She would have been stoned, punished, or she would have been affirmed and loved grace she receives because immediately her bleeding stopped verse 29 immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering without any word look or touch from Jesus the scripture here tells us that she was made whole This nameless woman was made whole by simply having blind faith and having the courage to step in that faith. 
believing that A, that Jesus can heal her. Believing that B, that they're to act on that belief. Verse 33 to 34 says, Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear. She was afraid. Remember last week's message. Never allow the fear of your circumstances to be greater than the fear that you have for God. Your reverence and your worship to Him. That's what the disciples did when they were in the boat, when they encounter a storm. Allow the fear of God to overcome all fear. All of your earthly fears, your relationship fears, all the fears that you may carry of your present and your future. Trembling with fear, told Him the whole truth. Remember, she was honest. She didn't lie like Adam. She told the whole truth. He said to her, and this part is powerful. This part is powerful. If you have a pen, underline this part. Daughter. Circle that word. Daughter. Before she was what? She was a nameless individual. But Jesus accepts her, and he calls her daughter. Daughter. Your faith has healed you. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The Greek verb translated here, it means has made you whole, has made you well, meaning his, her healing was complete. It's not just a physical healing. Spiritually, everything about her, her mind, everything, she has been transformed and been sanctified and justified. By Jesus Christ and Jesus calls her daughter no longer a stranger who touched his cloak and there came a point in her walk where she had to explain to the crowd why she had touched him in other reference it gives in Luke chapter 8 it gives us even more descriptive information about how this story played out then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched them and how she had been instantly healed. Many times we are afraid of God because we feel that he is somehow angry with us, that we are scared to approach him. I remember when I was younger, I used to go to homeless shelter, homeless soup kitchen, there's one that we did near Chinatown, downtown. And in the banner of the church, it said, Daddy is not angry with you. And the pastor will preach, saying, God is not angry with you, but God loves you. Yes, we talked about how God opposes sin. That God cannot, we cannot enter the presence of God when we have sin in our life, for He is a holy God. But we realize that when we repent, that no matter how bad, how bad that we think that we are or the things that we have done, that we repent, that He receives us, that He brings us with His grace. And grace she received. Jesus affirms and loves this woman, a stranger, once a stranger, but now His daughter. Daughter, your faith has healed you. It's like a biological father father who would do to his own biological daughter just a beautiful picture beautiful story the scene right here chapter 34 says he said to her 
daughter, my daughter, my son, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your suffering. What is your suffering right now? Others may not notice you. You may go unnoticed by the world. But right now, Jesus sees you and he notices you. Your whole life, you have lived quietly in shame to avoid people. So maybe your secrets will come out. Maybe fear that people will judge you or talk smack about us. Maybe all you wanted was to be healed and to be left alone like this woman. She found a miracle. She wanted to be left alone. She was fear in fear and trembling. Now she was seen by all of the crowd and she had to tell her story. I mean, how amazing it must have been for the listeners at that time to hear her testimony. I want to tell you today, as you're sitting at home listening to this message, that Jesus sees you as Jesus saw her. Jesus sees you right now in your own room as Jesus saw this woman. Jesus heals her. Jesus affirms her. He sees your suffering. He sees your suffering right now. No one in the crowd noticed her. She was once nameless, a tiny individual lost in the crowd. Just like the story of the man of leprosy. Just like the demon who was possessed by the demon legion. The man, the leper man, his physical body was healed with words. But emptiness in his heart was filled with the touch of Jesus Christ. So today with our eyes closed, today's message, today's message is for those who are broken. Today's message are for those who are rejected. Those who are far from God. The marginalized. The outcast. The ones who are living in darkness. Just like the subway documentary, the dark days documentary that I mentioned. Fear that the light will judge them. So they go in, into the shade, into the darkness, to hide from the world. But Jesus, he sees you for who you are. And you must step in faith and touch the cloak of Jesus Christ. For he sees you today. He sees you for who you are. When you see, when you are seen by Jesus Christ. And when you see Jesus and you take that step of faith to accept him as your Lord and Savior. You go from a stranger to becoming his child. That he will no longer call you an orphan lost in this world. But he will call you his son. He will call you his daughter. For he loves you. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. So look to him at this time. No matter what your suffering may be. No matter what your disease may be. Look to him at this time and cry out to him. Reach out to him. Call out to him. Touch the edge of his cloak. Whatever it takes. If you need to take that journey to seek his face. To go to that Journey of the desert, traveling to look for him. Look.
Father, we sin. Some of us, we can't even wait days. Some of us, we can't even wait months. Let us not give up. Let us not lose hope. Let us trust you and look to you, God, at this time. Oh, God, hope in the midst of our hopelessness. Hope in the midst of our hopeless situation. Oh, Jesus, we look to you. crowd follow and press around them and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and has spent all she had yet instead of getting better the scripture tells us she grew worse when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I touch his clothes I will be healed immediately Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered, Yet you can ask who touched me. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, and this is a message for us, for you and I, for those who are listening at home. Daughter. Daughter. Son. My son. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Lord, all of life comes down to one thing. That's to know you and to make you known. We could search this whole life to look for comfort in this world, but it cannot be found. True comfort cannot be found except you, Jesus Christ. We could search this whole life to look for meaning in many meaningless things, in relationships, traveling, whatever it may be hobbies, people, friendships, relationships. But Lord, none can compare to who you are and to the hope that we have in you, O God. Lord, I pray that just like this woman who had waited long 12 years for her completeness, for her to be healed, Lord, I pray, God, that we would develop within us patience and faith and trust in the midst of our waiting. That we will look to you, encourage as this woman looked to you with courage. And that we will wait your time. The timing that you have appointed for all of us. That all of life comes down to one thing. That's to know you and to be known by you and to make your name known. Lord, use us today. 
Speak to your children. Speak to your people, your sons and your daughters here in this place. Speak to us, Lord, for we are listening. And whatever you speak, we will not just listen, but it will trickle down in our hearts. And from the overflow of your word in our hearts, we will obey. For obedience is greater and better than sacrifice. For you desire our obedience to you. We look to you, Jesus. We thank you. We love you. Can we at this time just do our final closing song and then we'll close it in prayer. We're still in the midst of the prayer. But again, let's just make this song our praise and worship. Let it be your prayer today. He changed my side. Remembering that he changed our suffering into joy. That he brings us hope in the midst of our hopelessness. Look to him and let's make this our prayer before God. Let's sing together. Exhausting life has deprived me from his grace. I placed my heart in things that will fade. All the fruitless things that distracted me from you, Lord. I lived a life missing his grace. Now I live this life the Lord has given me. I look upon the one who's holding me. When my life was hopeless beyond death, the one who saved me, his name is Jesus. The Lord has changed my sigh into his praise. Now sing a song of hope. I'm praising you, my Lord. You have wiped away my tears of yesterday. Lord, let me live my life and worship for your name. Lord, let us find hope in the midst of our hopeless situation as this nameless woman found hope. Lord, you are good. You are kind. You are loving. Your love is infinite, unconditional. Lord, we humble ourselves and we repent of our sins. And we seek your face. We seek your face today to hear from you and to be made complete in you, in your name, Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me. The blood that washes away all my sins, all my iniquities, all my debt that has been paid in full on the cross. Thank you for the death. For God, I have died with you. And thank you for the resurrection, Jesus. For without the resurrection, without Good Friday, without Easter, I have nothing. Because you live, I live. Because he lives, I live. Thank you for the hope that we have in you, God. Continue to watch over us during this crazy season that we are in. Let us look to you with all the changes that's happening, things that we may not even understand. Let us place our hope and trust in you. Everything that we have, all our worries of relationships, finances, of our health, of our sicknesses, our doubts and our worry, Lord, we lay it at your feet. God, we tremble and we lay on our feet, at your feet, to pray to you and to seek you. Let us seek you while you may be found. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. 
We love you. Uh, thank you for joining us for today's service. God bless you.